When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, I got the thumbs up from Edward. That means we get to go. Today, Eddie is inside. He will rejoin me tomorrow as Al is off. Today, we've got the Flegelman now. The Flegel man. Uh, his name is Fleegs. Fleeg, Mike, Mike Fleegel. What's up, Mike? What's up, Jerry? How you doing? I'm all right. Tired. You come loaded with information today and topics? Yeah, not quite. Oh, again, we went over this. That's supposed to be your job. I have one for you. So I am going to... Why are you so tired, by the way? Oh, I couldn't sleep last night. So you were the up Internet, the cable, night? everything's... Of course, you know, internet, cable go out. Can't make the appointment till tomorrow. I think, you know what? I'll just go to sleep early. What else is there to do? Couldn't sleep. Oh. Yeah, I know how that goes. Been there, done that. You're on that weird overnight schedule a lot of times. Well, and this summer, going back for one week overnight, yeah, one know. week with you guys, one week overnight, one week with you guys. I always wonder, It's when you bring that up, I always wonder, like, how cops do it. So my one of my neighbors is a cop, and he's got the whole, you know, sometimes he'll work. I forgot how or no. Don't I mean, some of them do, like, four days on, four off? To, yeah, them and EMT drivers. Well, how about nurses and the, even the long firemen. shifts they work? Yeah, even doctors, like emergency room doctors, work these 20-hour shifts. Right, the I'm... most important jobs out there, and now, they're asked to work 16-plus hours straight. I do think they get their rest, and I do think they have sleeping rooms. But it's not like you're sleeping eight hours and going to work for eight hours. I don't know. I always wonder like how people get through that because whenever I have days, like mostly – Almost every Friday, I'm up from 2.30 a.m. until somewhere around midnight, I would say. And by the end of the day, I am gassed. And some people do that routinely. Right. I mean, I've had days working this show, especially, like you said, Friday, where, you know, I'm up at 1 o'clock and then going through the next day, I'm still out and it's 12.30 a.m. Thinking like, oh, all right, we're about to hit 24 hours and I am nowhere close to being home. I When I was younger, um, I used to, when I worked the overnights here full time, I used to kind of what, what McMonagle's going through right now. I found on Sundays I would get up whenever I got up. I always set the alarm. I never, I hate sleeping in because I feel like I waste the morning. But the latest I would sleep in would be like nine o'clock. So figure I woke up between eight and nine on Sunday. And then I would have a day and I'd go to work because I was okay after sleeping normal on Saturday night. Friday night was always a struggle, but I could always sleep on Saturday night. And I always found that when I hit that 26 hour mark, that was when trouble came. So if I got up at 8 a.m., by 10 a.m. the next day, I, and usually I'd be in sleep by well, And you also, you always get the o'clock. second win. Like, it comes through. Always, that sure. powers you. For sure. I even, like, you know, with all these shifts, 
the 30, 45 minute nap, like that little reset, yeah. does wonders. It does. A 30 minute nap you. is outstanding. Yeah. Now you start pressing, for me, between 20 and 40 minutes is good. I go beyond 40 minutes, that's a problem. Okay, then you're really asleep and your body's like, yes. no, 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 we, let's stay asleep. You're not refreshing. You are right. sleeping. Right, right, right. And that's a problem. And then the other day, so we had a tournament down in, um, where the hell were we? Millstone on Saturday and supposed to be Sunday, which got rained out. Um, but Saturday was hot. And we were out there, we played a doubleheader at 8.30, and then we played again at 11. And by the time we got home, and it was like 95 degrees out, even at 11 a.m., it was really warm and humid. We probably got home about 2.30. By My younger son never takes naps. By 3.30, he was passed out on the couch. 7 o'clock, he was still sleeping. And we're like, do we wake him up? or is he?" I said to my wife, I'm like, he might be out till tomorrow morning. Like, that's how much... He, had a, he didn't get a lot of sleep the night before, which he's used to a lot of sleep. And on top of that, the heat and the exhaustion. So we woke him up at 7.30. He got up for about 45 minutes, had dinner. And then, do you guys mind? I think we'll go to sleep. Like, no. And he went back upstairs and slept from 9 to noon. I had that happen once when I was in, I think I was still in high school. Got home for something like long weekend. Mm-hmm. Slept from like 12. Thought I was going to take a little nap, go to bed. Woke up. It was dark out. So I knew something was wrong either way. You know, clock, confused. clock says six o'clock. I'm like, all right, which one? Because yeah. it felt like hey, I probably could have slept through to the other one. Yeah. Turns out it was still PM. Woke up, same thing. Ate dinner after like an hour. Like, you know what? Going back to sleep and slept until school the next morning. That happened to Al uh, just last week or two weeks ago where he fell asleep earlier than normal. He usually tries to lay down a little after eight. He was so tired. He fell asleep at 630-ish, he figures, and woke up. The dog woke him up at eight. And it was light out, and he thought he missed his alarm, and it was 8 o'clock in the morning. Right. Because he felt like he had gotten a whole night's sleep, and it oh, was an yeah. hour and a half. Oh, yeah. You know, which is so weird. So coming up in a couple of weeks, I'm going um, – my vacation this year is going to be through Texas, um, specifically for the beach uh, for a few days. But we're going to go to Houston and Arlington to see an Astros game and a Rangers game, so everybody's happy. We've got the beach for my wife for three or four days – I've got a couple of baseball games, which enticed my... I could not believe my older son wanted to go on vacation with us again. And I don't think he would have until I mentioned the fact that we were going to do an Astros game and a Rangers game. Right. He's at the age where you just want to stay home with the friends all summer, right? do his own thing. But when I said that, he was was into it. And then my other son, as long as there's a pool, and he likes going to the games, he's good. Um, So it's kind of a trip that works out for all of us. But so I was looking at, we're going to see Houston and Arlington. And when I look at all the stadiums I've seen so far, I've seen most, if not all, of the outer parts of America. Now, I haven't been to Seattle. I haven't been to Anaheim or Oakland. But I think I've gotten almost all of them other than that. I haven't seen middle America. You're a big sports guy. How Are you into seeing the different stadiums or arenas or not really? No. Uh, no arenas, no. Uh, but the baseball stadiums, yeah. It's funny. Like, I don't think I would want to do it for football. I'd love to just go see a bunch of football games. Okay. But then it's always, you know, baseball, it seems fine. You know, you go miss a Met and Yankee game, whatever. It's one of 162. I have no interest in going to another NFL stadium while my team is playing. Agreed. I completely agree with uh, that. And the baseball stadiums, it just seems like there's more definitely history with some of the older parts. Sure. They're more unique. There's something like the... The playing field itself, there's mm-hmm. something different in every stadium. I mean, I've been to the ones locally, but last year going to California, Dodger Stadium, and seeing the Angel Stadium, Petco Park, like Dodger Stadium, yeah. I was wowed by. So was I. How, well, be, did you go after the renovation? Uh, I was, I, so I don't know. I was I was there in, you, in you 2018. Would know. You would know, because the whole concourse, 
like before you go into the stadium yeah. part, it felt like you're at City Field, Yankee Stadium. Any of these no, newer, I didn't see that. any of these uh-huh. newer parks with the modern technology and the food, all of it felt brand new. And then you go inside, and it felt like you're sitting in a stadium that goes back, you know, yeah, till fifty they, years. They added a scoreboard. Yeah. The rest of it, and it's sixty years now. Yeah, it, no, it's uh, I at that place the same. I had that childhood feeling walking in and seeing the green grass and seeing Dodger Stadium and the palm trees behind the scoreboard and seeing where, you know, Gibson's ball went, and it just They even have a museum now on the concourse. Dodgers history, a Negro Leagues museum. I mean, they cover okay. they cover everything. You know, I obviously, know. Jackie Robinson is all over the place. There. That but I remember. Tommy Lasorda, again, they have it. I don't remember a museum, though. There's two of them now. There's two of them? Okay, I don't but, remember I mean, And again, that. they're not huge, but they're... Like decent size exhibits, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the a, retired numbers, and that's the place I told Al. That's the place I lost my car, the rental car. Could not find it after the game, and it was you know it was a I think it was a Friday night game or a Thursday night game, whatever. It was July fourth though, whatever night. It might have been a Tuesday for all I know. But it was July fourth, huge fireworks display afterwards, where they allowed us on the field, which was a perk. I never anticipated that when they made the announcement in the seventh inning that fans uh, when you were uh, line up. As soon as the final pitch or final out is recorded, line up down the right field line. You are not allowed on the infield, but you can make your way to the outfield. I'm like, wait, what? Like, we can go hang out on the field? All right, I can go onto the grass at Dodger Stadium. Amazing. So much fun. The problem, though, was just going to a game where people were staying afterwards because I went to a normal Dodgers game against the Mets by the seventh inning. Every Dodgers fan was gone. It was just City Field West. Mets fans were cheering, and then and that's easy probably enough, why I the part the I tough part was getting an Uber afterwards because everybody oh, else sure. was from out of town. The parking lot itself was empty. I did not have that experience, and probably because of the fireworks, like no one left early, no one was late. Like that was a game. My entire vision and thought and everything I had heard about the Dodger fan was the complete opposite. That game. Right, late to arrive, early to leave. Everyone was there early, and no one left. See, mine, a lot of people left. People showed up on time, though. They were giving away Gil Hodges' bobblehead and honoring him before the game. So I think a lot of people wanted to be there. Both the Dodgers fans and the Mets fans. Yeah, sure, wanted it. Yeah, it makes sense. All right, so take Dodger Stadium out of the mix now because you have the same feeling about it that I do. What would be your favorite three that you've seen? I'm just curious if there's any I haven't been to because I gotta I gotta start adding to the list. Petco Park, absolutely. Okay. Everyone has. I was there too. Awesome. Uh, Phillies. I haven't been to Pittsburgh yet. Seriously. I feel like that would. I was that there, would make but the not for a game, so I don't know that it counts. I was there, walked around, and it's very open. Like you see in, you can see the field. It's kind of cool. They got all the statues outside. Clemente and Starge is very neat. Um, so I would like to go to a game there. I heard you say Philly Citizens Bank Park is phenomenal. It's beautiful. And I hate it's, to say that. I know, it's right? So I hate to get nice. and now that park's probably close to twenty years. I remember going there for the first time in 04, so it's at least nineteen years old. And it's amazing. Still, same still. thing with Petco Park. When I went there last year, they said it opened in two thousand six. You could tell me, hey, this park opening wow. opened this year opening day, and would say, Yeah, okay. That Petco, feels right. I say, and we did the tour at Petco, actually. We did the whole stadium tour there. I don't remember, I didn't realize it was that old. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it was before City Field. And then Camden is. I, so I haven't been to Fenway yet or Wrigley. I was hoping to go this year okay. when the Mets were there this weekend. Didn't work out. Uh, but I've been to Camden a few times and love Camden that Camden Yards is great. And I know they're going to try and um, redo the entire area, and there will be renovations to the stadium, too, because they feel like it's old and is not keeping up. I think it is keeping up. I think it's outstanding. Yeah, I haven't been there in a few years, but I didn't think anything out that outside it felt out there. Now, five, ten blocks away, sure. So maybe they're just trying to expand the yeah, nice maybe. area around the ballpark. Maybe. But in the immediate vicinity, I think it's beautiful. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What about San Francisco? You ever got there? No, not yet. All right, so the two that you're missing, well, not that you're missing, but the two you need to go to for sure. Wrigley, yes, and I know that. I haven't never been there either. But I have been to San Francisco, and I have been to Fenway. And the San Francisco one is as beautiful in person, if not more, than it looks on TV. That's right? what everybody Just says. Awesome. Like, I know Sal went there last oh, year. Great. Was talking about how great it was. I, I'm hoping now with the balanced schedule, there's, like, really good road trips that they make available where yeah. they'll send the Mets or Yankees to St. Louis and Kansas City back-to-back or where you can play both, both Chicago teams in the same week. That would be actually very cool. Right. One city, Or even you know, Boston-Toronto in a row that you drive yeah. up, then you go to the other. Well, how far is Toronto from Boston? I only flew there the one time I went there. Probably a distance that my wife would rather fly. Um, but no, I mean, if you went, if you drove to Boston, stayed there a couple of days, then would you say the the drive from Boston uh, to Toronto is like that bad? Maybe five, six hours. Like, I know Boston's yeah. further east, but you've already made a lot of the trek up north. I would think so. So anyway, so I was in San Francisco. The, the Fenway one you got to do just because I think it's, not I think, you walk in and it, you, as much as L.A. feels like you're back in yesteryear to a certain extent, it is nothing compared to walking into Fenway Park, once you go through the turnstiles and everything is so incredibly old and rustic and small and tight, you feel like it is 1935. I mean, the only stadium I will have ever been that felt anything like that is probably the old Yankee Stadium. Because even yeah, Shea sure. in certain areas sure. didn't feel like that small and like tightly condensed. Yeah, It's probably just the old Yankee Stadium. That is, yeah, it is, it's a place that it's, it is worth the ride up, even for just a game. Like, I went with my dad. We drove up, played golf. Like, we went in the morning. We stopped somewhere in Massachusetts where I got a tee time. We played golf at 11 a.m. We left at 3. We only played 16 holes because we had the game at 7. We got we left, walked off the 16th hole, got to our car, got to the hotel, and then got to the stadium by, like, 6.30, and then came right back the next morning. Perfect. I've Not been outside Fenway. Well, yeah. we went as a uh, we had a wedding. We went as a kid. My dad took me outside, which almost I was like eight years old. It felt worse to see the outside and not be, and able, not to be able to go inside. And then we're like, we went to the Cheers bar and went inside. That I was like, great, no idea what this is. Do right. not care. That was for now I'd enjoy it. Back then, didn't care. So when I was doing Columbia and Sal was my partner, we drove up together one morning, and you've probably heard this story. When we he, I don't know why we went there. I think we had time to kill. I think we got up early at the hotel, and we didn't want to go to Harvard. So so early like oh just drive by see what Fenway looks like take a couple pictures whatever and I had been there before I don't think Sal was and we parked right by one of the stadium stores right across the street from the I guess it was the monster side that was the that side of the stadium where the green monster is and a guy parks right in front of us and it turned out to be the Red Sox historian sees us taking pictures He's like, you guys look like two nice fellows. You guys want to come in? I'm like, what? And he's like, I'm so-and-so. He used to be a writer, too. I forget what his name was. He used to be a writer, though, and retired to go work for the Red Sox. And he gave us a tour of the entire place for, like, two hours. We got Get done. to go on the field? Uh, we didn't get to go on the field because they were redoing the grass. 
they were re- redoing the infield. I can show you pictures. They put new sod in, but took us through the press box. We stood up on the green monster, took pictures from up there. It was awesome. That's awesome. I'm somebody who, like, I've done the outfield seats at City Field, and I can't stand them. The first, the one and only time I did it willingly. Another time I was gifted tickets and kind of had to go. I was sitting there, and there's always this buildup. Oh, it's so great, so great. And you lose so much of the field. You can't see the scoreboard. It's like, this is terrible. But in a place like that, I love to sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's part of the experience, and it's something completely different. At City Field, put me in a regular seat. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. So that leads me to my last thing. So part of this trip, I had to buy tickets to the games. Clearly, you don't want to sit in the outfield. I'm with you on that. Aside from first row behind home plate, Give me a practical seat. Well, I'll do my like so. My dad has season tickets for the Mets, yeah. the 300 level, which is they say it's five, but it's really kind of three. So the middle level, okay, up the third base line, just inside the third base bag. Okay, you're good with that. Yeah, perfect. That would be your favorite seat. It's up there. Like I mean, where Evan sits, like right behind the plate, yes. 300 level is ideal. But this That's is what I bought again. Still okay. So when I try to travel. I do look for like that second or third level right behind the plate. Okay. So that, that's what I ended up getting in Houston. And in Texas, I couldn't. The tickets were way too much. Uh, and I didn't want to sit all the way in the upper deck. I'm done with that. I wound up in Texas. We are sitting in the 25th row, first level, right around the third base bag. I thought that was a decent seat. But it's like the prices are just. I'm surprised because. Crazy. Rangers and this are good. is this is from the team or from secondary no, market. There's tickets you can't anything on from the team. There's nothing available. The, like the Rangers are really good. Yeah. Almost that, not that's as the brand problem, new, but it's still kind of brand face new. Face value stadium. for that ticket probably wasn't so bad. No, and the tickets I got were very reasonable. I would say the Astros tickets, which were basically that third level you're talking about, right behind on plate. I want to say I paid for four tickets. I paid two sixty. That's so about bad. 70 And part of the problem you run into, because I've done this when I travel too, like when I went to San Diego and L.A., didn't do it for the Angels because I didn't care. It was Angels, Red Sox, yeah. and they weren't good. Let me just walk in on a weekday and just get whatever I can get. But for the other ones, you don't want to risk, like, yeah, if you wait until the day of and buy them on StubHub. Or sometimes, sometimes you might get lucky and get something better, but you're traveling with your family. You can't leave that up to chance. No, no. I, especially I need four tickets, not two right, right, or right. one. It's kind of like I bought these tickets for Pink, and I it hit me yesterday. So I booked everything. Me and my wife are going for a couple of days just to see her in Milwaukee, and it's like I got the hotel locked up. I got the rental car. I got the air. We're all good. And she just, like, randomly said over the weekend, she goes, well, by the way, where are we sitting? I was like, oh, I never got the tickets. And I remember. Pretty important part. Yeah. I'm like, I just remember saying, yeah, I don't remember. I'll check. I'll tell you. I'm like, I'm going to go buy them real quick. God darn it, these concert tickets are just ridiculous. Oh, for, for everyone Holy everywhere. They're crap. just, if it's an artist that is in demand a little bit. It's unreal. They're insane. It really is unreal. So. You're talking about hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. It does remind me, there was one story I had for you, because when you guys were talking about BB Rexa yeah. and the text, something that hit me when I was reading that story yesterday was, if I was with somebody who is famous, Yeah. I would not text them anything. Just the risk that that one day could end up online. I was like, I would, all our communication has to be in person, or like you guys are saying, I'll talk to you over the phone. But don't you think that's worse for the celebrity, though, than for the regular person? Oh, yeah. You know what? If you're a celebrity dealing with a regular person, yeah. I wouldn't do it the other way either. You're right. 
Either way, it's hard because once you post that, the followings are so big that you get crushed. And it's something you don't realize until you read one of these stories, like how dangerous yeah. texting can be. Yeah. Like just the kind of things you would say normally in a conversation, whatever, think nothing of it. And Somebody can come back years later. and Right. And tone is completely wiped. Nobody knows deaf. what you're saying. They can take away the messages before and after. Maybe you were joking. I mean, a very, it's scary. A, very a great example is... You tell me something funny, and I'm like, you suck. Right. You know, ha, ha, ha. As opposed to, you suck. You can't, I mean, aside from a couple of exclamation marks, right? Or you no even just tone. joke like, you know, somebody makes something funny, and you go, ha, you're, you know, you're such an ass. And then somebody just isolates that, and you don't look so good anymore. No, no. And, and you can't, the other thing, too, I would say is you can't try to be funny when you're texting because people will read it not knowing if it's a joke. Even if you put the ha-ha or that LOL crap, whatever you, you use, you can be taken the wrong way. Right, and I've even had that experience both sending the text and receiving it with somebody, yeah. like the people who I know the absolute best. So almost always, you know what they're thinking, and you still kind of can and sit there and curious. read it and be like, hmm. So true. I would say most of the, mm, dust-up's not the right word, um, disagreements that I've ever had with people have been over a miscommunication over a text where their spell check changed a word by mistake, couldn't tell the tone, and it looked a hell of a lot worse than it was. Or I texted something, hit send, reread it, and be like, Ugh. you know, it doesn't look great. And then you got to call the person immediately. And texting is just, uh, it's great. It, it's like these phones. They're the greatest things in the pits all at the same time. I was uh, like, Thinking back to like you know in old sitcoms, the the misunderstanding, mm -hmm. would, you know whether it's phone messages or but mostly in person, just misunderstanding their words. This is the much less enjoyable version of that. Like yeah. we we haven't evolved in that way. It's like devolved to no longer funny. Just every single one is a chance to trip you up. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's at every turn, someone's waiting to take you down. I think about That's somebody terrible. like, you know, Boomer G or even you, like every, like, you know, sorry to put this in your mind, but you know, you guys send a text, like the wrong person could just say, Hey, you know what? One day I'm just going to mess with this guy's life. Oh yeah, absolutely. Easy. Very easy. So, all right. Uh, tomorrow you will come in for me. You do the third segment with me tomorrow. Warm up show. Yes. Assuming I am done with other responsibilities by all that right, time. Well, hopefully we'll hear you tomorrow. I know it's busy, but hopefully tomorrow, third segment. Um, you will join me tomorrow. So I am back on the warm-up show tomorrow. Boomer and Geo back in the regular spot. Fliegelman and Eddie, and then uh, this morning it was uh, C Mac and CeeLo. So you've got the you get to see do the better see you this time. So that's the deal. Warm-up show coming up now. Fliegelman will take you there. See y'all. A little, little deeper. I'm I'm really trying to avoid the voice crack from last time. So I'll do it one more time. <clears throat> see y'all. Better. <laughs>